I. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. 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 We'll be streaming live soon. must be Friday, because I am here. Praise the Lord. What day is this? The day that the Lord has made, and we're to do what? Rejoice and be glad in it. And that's the only thing we're supposed to do. Rejoice in everything else. He will be able to tell us what to do, because if we get caught up into everything else, we can't hear Him. And we need to hear what he has to say. Jesus came. He came to preach the kingdom of God. So we want to understand what that's all about. We got to understand why God wants that to take place. In John chapter 1, verses 47 through 49. We want to look at what Nathaniel found out. Remember, Nathaniel here was uh, brought to the Lord by Philip. Philip had the opportunity to see Jesus, and Philip got so excited, he said, Hey, I got to go tell Nathaniel. I mean, you know, this is great. So he went to tell Nathaniel, and here's what uh, happens here in verse 47 and following. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? You, you ever ask that question? <laughs> How do you know me? <laughs> Jesus knows you. He knows you before you even know yourself. <laughs> That's for sure. Jesus answered and said to him, uh, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Yeah, you, yeah Jesus knows where you are. <laughs> yeah, you can't hide from Jesus. He knows exactly what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're thinking, where you are. He knows you. All right? So that, that kind of blew Nathaniel away. Uh, I think it would be too, you know, somebody come up to him and say, hey, I know who you are. How do you know that? Well, Nathaniel answered in verse 49 and said to him, Rabbi, uh-oh, he recognized who Jesus is. He's the teacher. You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. The King. That's what we need to understand. Jesus came to be King. 
the king. So why is this so important to us? We need to understand that in the beginning, God wanted a people to rule. God wanted the people to obey him. And that's very difficult because, you see, people don't want to be ruled by anybody. No, they don't. You're your own person, right? You want to do what you want to do. You want to accomplish what you want to accomplish. You want to see what you want to see. You want to hear what you want to hear. And people just do not want to be ruled. But God said, my desire from the very beginning of time is to have a people that I can rule over and they can obey me. That's what uh, Isaiah said uh, back here in Isaiah 43, verse 15. He said, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. So he's saying right away, listen, I created Israel to be my people so that I can be their king and rule over them and they can be obedient unto me upon the face of the earth. He's always wanted the people to do that. Well, that was great. Israel was created, and just like anybody else, they said, uh, if I could only be like them. I'd be happy. You know, I want to be like that nation over there. I want to be like them. I want to have a king that I can see. I can't see God. So I want to have a king. So we're going to get into First uh, Samuel. Uh, we're going to start off in chapter 8. First Samuel, you know where that is. That's before Second Samuel. I know that because I made you the math. <laughs> First Samuel chapter eight and verses. Uh, we're going to look at four through seven first of all. Then the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel, Samuel the prophet at that time, at Ramah, and said to him, "Look." You are old. Don't ever anybody come up to me and say that. Please. <laughs> I will not like that. I will not want to hear what you got to say. Hey, old fella, let me tell you. No, that's what they did with Samuel. You are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now, make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not received, they have rejected me. Go ahead and give them what they want, because they don't want to follow me. But they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. God's always wanted the people to reign over so they have an obedient people to do what he wants them to do. He wants that today even. So 
What else here in verses 20 through 24? And we also may be like all, talking again, that we also may be uh, like all the nations that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Oh, we want someone to take care of us. Well, God could do that, but they didn't see that. They saw that they needed a physical human being to go out and fight for them and to lead them in battle. So Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. So the Lord said to Samuel, Heed their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, Every man go to his city. So God's going to give you what you want. Yeah, he's going to let you have, even when it's disobedient unto him, he's going to let you go his way, your way. It's his way or your way. That's your choice. Even when you get saved, you have a choice. Follow him or follow yourself. So they were God's people. No, I want a king. So they gave him a king. Now, First Samuel 10 We're looking at the history of what God so desires for His people. 1 Samuel 10, verses 20 through 25. And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was chosen. And when he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by the, their families, the families of Matra, was chosen, and Saul, the son of Kish, was chosen. But when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore they inquired of the Lord, Has the man, has the man come yet, here yet? And the Lord answered, uh, There he is, hidden among the equipment. See, <laughs> you can't hide from God. He already knows where you are. So why are you hiding? So they ran and brought him, from there, and when he had stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from the shoulders upward. Hey, uh, I believe uh, if everybody stood up in here in this room today, I'd be taller than you. And that's what they were looking at. They were looking at, hey, this man is right, man. He is, hmm, he is, well, he's ready. Oh, he ought to be able to lead us. And Samuel said to all the people, do you see him? Whom the Lord has chosen, that there, uh, notice that, whom the Lord has chosen, okay? That there is no one like him among all the people. So all the people shouted and said, Long live the king! That's what they wanted. And God even chose a king for them, even though he didn't want that to take place. Isn't that something? He'll let you go your way. He'll, he'll even choose what you would want. That's not what I want. I want what he wants. Well, that did okay until Saul got to the point, well, that didn't work out. He got too much of himself, didn't he? He got, did what he wanted. He did not seek God. He did not follow God. So, therefore, we have over in chapter 16 of 1 Samuel. Now, verse 1, 
the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Why are you crying over him? He's not doing what I want. Seeing I I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Benjaminite, for I have provided myself. I like that three. I have provided myself a king among his sons. See, God wants a king for to listen to him for himself. Then that person can rule people. Now, who did he choose? I wonder who he chose. Everybody knows this from verse 12. After they lined everybody up and then, and six of them looked pretty good, but they didn't, well, no, that's not the one Samuel said. And uh, verse 12, so he sent and brought him in, talking about the seventh son, David, while he was tending sheep, brought him in. Now he was ruddy with her bright eyes and good looking like me. And, <laughs> and, the, and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. This is the one I want. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, came upon David. From that day forward, so Samuel arose and went to Ramah. So here is David being anointed by Samuel to be king. And that's what God wanted. He wanted a king that would obey him so that he could, they could lead God's people. So why, why David? Why David? Well, we have to I'll go over to Acts. Acts chapter 13. After I drink a, take a drink of water here. Yeah, water is necessary, isn't it? Acts 13, starting with verse 21. And afterward they asked for a king. This is talking about what we're just looking at. Uh, here the judges had judged the uh, people for 450 years until Samuel the prophet came along. And then after they asked for a king, so God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he asked up from them, he raised up from them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony, said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do my will. That's what he was looking for. You see, he didn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. He looks at the heart for those who will follow him and do what he says. And he saw David's heart. Now, David, yeah, he made some mistakes, didn't he? Well, to me, more than just mistakes. I mean, he ended up, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, going over there and stealing someone's wife. And getting his, uh, getting her husband killed, I mean that's not a little mistake, but still, he repented because his heart was towards God. 
we can make mistakes. We can sin. But if our heart is towards God, we're going to recognize that and we'll ask for forgiveness. And David's heart was towards God, and that's what God wanted to lead his people. So, how are we led? You know, it's very difficult. I can't see God. Anyone? I can't see him. You know, where is he at? I can't see him. But if you would give me someone I can see, then I can follow that person, and that will help me out maybe to follow God. Well, that's what a king was supposed to be, the visible representation of an invisible God. He was supposed to be the representative of God to be able to lead the people because they couldn't see God. They wanted someone they could see. So the king was anointed by a prophet with oil. Now, what is oil? What does that represent? Holy Spirit. So he was anointed with the Holy Spirit to be able to lead the people to rule over them. Now, what does it mean to be anointed? Well, if you look at the word in Hebrew, it is M-A-S-H-I-A-C. I don't pronounce that. I'm not a Hebrew scholar. But I can give you the letters, and that means Messiah. Oh, now we're getting the picture now, aren't we? Yeah, we're looking at the anointed one is the Messiah. You see, when Nathaniel saw Jesus, he saw the Messiah that he'd been told of that the prophets would had prophesied that one was coming. And he recognized Jesus as the Messiah, the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's what Nathaniel said. I see. I, I, I've been studying. I know. I've heard all about it. Now I see him. And that's what Nathaniel was proclaiming. Now, if there's a king, what does a king need? Yeah, he needs a kingdom, doesn't it? Makes a kingdom, king. He needs a kingdom. He needs to have somebody to, to rule over. So, in uh, Mark chapter 1, I've been asked my, somebody else to turn to read, verses 14 and 15. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So what did he come preaching? The kingdom of God. Wow. Yeah, he came to say it's at hand. I am introducing you to the kingdom. I am ushering it in upon the face of the earth so that there can be a kingdom that you can live in, exist in, to walk in, to follow the King of kings, the Lord of lords, so you can follow our Heavenly Father, whatever He wants you to do. So His disciples came to preach what? The same thing. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Then He called His twelve disciples together 
and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Came them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. It's very important to preach the kingdom of God. God woke me up at 4 o'clock this morning and told me what the kingdom was all about. I'm not going to share that. You've got to come to St. Stephen United Methodist Church on Sunday morning, and you can hear that. Because <laughs> he changed my sermon for Sunday <clears throat> at 4 in the morning. Yes, God does that. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. He gets me online. Because I've been talking about the kingdom in Bible study this past Wednesday. And the kingdom is very important. And he showed me out of the Lord's Prayer what the kingdom is all about. That's just not a prayer to pray, just to quote some words. He is telling his disciples this is what the kingdom is all about. Because you see what he come to preach? The kingdom of God, to show the kingdom of God to his disciples. Then Paul in Acts 28, don't need to read all of that. We, we just skipped that for time purposes right now. Okay, we, yeah, we just, you know, I'll just let you yawn some more. <laughs> but uh, Paul, in his latter days, was preaching the kingdom of God. Everybody who was chosen by God to follow God came to preach the kingdom of God. They set up the kingdom here on this earth. And when is that going to fully take place? When Jesus comes back. He's going he's to set it up. He's going to be the king. And guess what? You don't have a vote. You're right. There's no democracy in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Wouldn't that be great for the United States right now? Yes, it would be to allow one truth to reign. There's, you can't vote. You either in or out, period. You either follow or don't follow. He's the king. I'm looking forward to that for a thousand-year reign here on this earth. Woo! Come, Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm ready. So the kingdom is also known by two other things. It's known as salvation in Hebrews 2, 3. Now your turn. Yeah, now your turn. <laughs> Hebrews 2, 3. Hebrews 2, 2, 3 states, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us, by them who heard him. It was first spoke by Jesus. What did he speak first? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is also known as the salvation of God. It's also known as uh, eternal life. In Matthew 19, verse 16 and 23. Here, a rich man comes to Jesus and asks him a question. Okay, Matthew nineteen sixteen and 23 states, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Okay, we'll stop right there. So what's he asked? Uh, I want eternal life. So Jesus goes through all the stuff that he needs to do, whether he can follow the commandments and all, and sell everything that he has, and he couldn't do that. 
So now verse 23. Then said Jesus unto the disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. So the rich man won't enter into the kingdom. He came asking for eternal life. And what is that eternal life? It's entering into the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is also known as salvation and eternal life. Now, God intended for from the very beginning to have a people that he could rule over. And that's not saying he's going to stand up and say, hey, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. No, he's going to say, this is what you need to do. There's a big difference, isn't it? Uh, I know with kids growing up, you just want to come out and lay down and say, hey, you better do this or else. <laughs> or you're going to get punished. Well, that's not what God is going to do. God's going to say, hey, this is the best way for you to go. And I'm recommending to you, and if you go any other way, it's going to hurt you. That's the way he's going to rule. This is it. This is my best for you. Now you choose which way you want to go. So he's always wanted that. Now, how did we enter the kingdom? What was that one word that, that you read, Matthew? To enter the kingdom, you got to repent. Uh, I know he's, he's not awake yet. But repent. Repent. That means you're going to turn from Satan's kingdom to God's kingdom. Because you see, if you're not in Jesus, you're walking in Satan's world. Now he wants you to walk over into the world of the kingdom of God. The kingdom ways. It's a big difference. Totally big difference. The world, for instance, the world says you better store up all the money you can. You better keep everything you got. You better make sure you got enough for retirement. You better take it all in because you never know what's going to happen. You better have it. And God says, give. Give it all away. Give, give, give everything you got, and it's, it, it'll, it'll come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You see, that's a total different way. Kingdom says, hold on. God says, give. So, it's a difference between the two kingdoms here. So God wants us to know that the best way is His kingdom. I've learned that throughout my life, and if you do it His way, it'll always turn out right. So, turning from the kingdom of laws, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that, you better, you got to do, or you can turn to God's kingdom of grace, where if you mess up, He'll forgive you. He's already forgiven you. Acts 20, 24 and 25. Um, states, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God and now, behold, I know that you all, among whom I have done, I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. To the gospel of the grace, I preach the kingdom of God. Paul did that. He wouldn't give it up. He'd go do it anyway, no matter what the people said. He said, I've got a kingdom here that's full of grace. Whew. That means I don't have to get up today and 
well, Michelle, I got to do this and this and this and this and that to please God. And if I get out of whack into one of them, I messed them all up. No. And I get, oh, God, I'm going to follow you today. I'm going to do this. And I go, uh-oh, I messed up. Uh, God, please forgive me. And say, all right, I have. And I can go on, keep on going. So I don't have to worry about trying to follow the law. I just worry about the law is going to tell me when I go wrong. But the law doesn't save me. The grace of God does. The grace of God forgives me. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So, now, what is our assignment? Now, we've talked about Nathaniel recognizing everything. Now, what is our assignment? What are we supposed to do? Mark sixteen fifteen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what we're supposed to do. Let's see. Jesus came to do it. He sent his disciples to do it. And now he's asking us to do it. That's the thing we're supposed to do, preach the kingdom of God, the good news of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. It is good news. So the gospel, according to what we read, first of all, in Mark 1.14, is the kingdom of God. It's the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's the good news. There's a kingdom that we can live in that's perfect, and we have everything we need. We have more than enough we need. We have all the direction we need. We have all the wisdom. We have all the knowledge we need. We have all the understanding. We have all the mercy, all the grace. We have all the, the physical needs we need. We have all the healing, all the deliverance. We have everything in the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying. That's the good news. So I encourage you today, proclaim the kingdom of God. Go share the good news of the kingdom of God. Nathaniel said, hey, I've seen the king. Have you? Have you seen the king for your life? Nathaniel's eyes were open. Are your eyes open to see the king today? Let me pray for you. Father, today, we want to see the King. Jesus, you are our King, and we have no other King but you. Oh, thank you. Give us your instructions for today. Give us your way for today. Show us. Teach us. Train us. Use us for the glory of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen.